Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Monday, September the 20th, 2021. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, ubiquitous, which means existing or being everywhere at the same time, constantly encountered, widespread, ubiquitous. Hope everyone is enjoying their Monday or will enjoy their Monday. Back to work we go, back to work we go. Ah, it is the dreads, but I'm off today. Lucky for me, I'm off today. Want to know why? Because today is my birthday. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> Just thought I'd put it out there. Uh, certainly is a, a blessing to see the age of 48 in comparison to some other people I know and, and, and others in the world. Also, a lot of people didn't make it to 48. Um, I certainly, I'm not going to say I didn't think I would make it to 48, but at some point in time, somewhere down the line back in my life, I didn't see 48. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. Uh, many would say you're, you're two years from 50, you're getting older. I think I'm getting better. I have to be honest with you. I, I, I really do. I think, I'm not saying I haven't figured out, but somehow, some way within the past week, I finally realized how blessed I am. After everything that I've been through, you know, throughout my life, I mean, it was just life. But, you know, a lot of people, the, the troubles and, and trials and tribulations of, of life will take a lot of people under. I mean, let's just be honest with each other. It will. A lot of people, certain life events, they can't, um, they, they, they can't handle it. And, and, and a lot of people will just give up. But I'm just so thankful and blessed that I, I have the mindset where I was raised to never give up. Never give up on yourself. Always strive to be your best. And when you get knocked down, don't rely on anyone else to pick you up. Pick yourself up. Dust yourself off and go, and go at it again. I mean, that's just how I, I was raised. That's, that's, that's just who I am. You know, no matter how many times in life I, I've been slapped in the face and kicked into you know what, I, I've always managed to pull myself back together. And that's, I got to say, I'm so thankful and blessed. That's the Lord. That's God. When you have faith and you know the Lord's word and you take comfort in his word, when you, you are hit with life and all its obstacles and trials and tribulations, you will have enough wherewithal to say, hey, it's just life. I'll figure it out. I know it's rough right now but I will figure it out. I will get through. And, and, and that's just how, how I, I have lived my life. I found so much comfort and, and ease in living this way, as opposed to that it's me against the world mindset that I see a lot of people have. And, and I'm not going to front. I'm, I'm not going to stand up here and act like I'm uh, holier than thou and this great Bible thumper, because I too, I too had that mindset for, uh, a large chunk out of my adult life, that me against the world, uh, screw everybody, screw everything. It's all about me. 
you don't like what I say, you don't like how I act or whatever, I don't care. Yeah, I did have that mindset. For a large chunk of my adult life, I was that dude. <laughs> I was, I just was. But the C48, despite everything that I've been through in life and dealings, is, is indeed a blessing. And like I said, within this past week, I realized that. And if you listen to my last podcast, I said this is the first birthday in a while that I was actually upbeat about. And, and that's the reason, because I realized I may not be rich. I may not have the wealth, the fame, the notoriety, but I am blessed. I'm blessed because I'm able to get up every day in my right frame of mind. Body's working. I'm able to get up and move. I'm still breathing. A lot of people can't say that. They just can't. So when I wake up, the first thing I say to myself is, man, I'm breathing. Thank you, Jesus. You carried me through. And and and, and that's what gets, gets me through the day to know that I am still here, no matter what, it, with all the craziness that's going on in the world around me or just in the world in general. I'm still here. There has to be a reason. There has to be a purpose. I just have to work through it and figure it out. It will come to me. But in the meantime, in between, in the meantime, in between time, until I figure it out, I'm going to keep on pushing forward. I'm still breathing. Hey, I'm, I, I, I am. Like I said, a lot of people can't, can't say that. I have some cousins that were uh, maybe a year ahead of me or a year behind me that have gone on to glory or somewhere older than me, they've gone on the glory and I'm still here. That's a blessing. I think so many times, and, and this is not in reference to those Facebook or Instagram memes, we look at what we don't have and we get down and out on ourselves. Cause this is a, that, that's just true. That's just real life. It's not a Facebook meme or whatever we do. We count what we have and place value on that. And that places value on ourselves. That's how we view ourselves as, as human beings. I don't have this. I don't want that. I can't get that. No, I've never been that type of person. Never looked at what others have or what I don't have with jealousy or envy or, or want or need or desire. I always have been able to say to myself, well, I'm still breathing could be worse. Just got to work through it and figure it out. That's just how, how I, I see it. It's how I perceive life. Don't get caught up in, in that mindset or, or that lifestyle of what you don't have or what you want but can't obtain because that's all materialism. You can't take it with you. You just can't. There's no way in the world, you know, you, you want this or I got to have that. Uh, when your day comes, it's going to still be here. You aren't. And I learned that at an early age, even though some at some point in time in my adult life, I got caught up in, in life. But I learned that at, at an early age, that all of this stuff that's here on earth, this materialism, you just can't take it with you. Only thing laying in that casket with is going to be you. Not with you, but the only thing laying in that casket is going to be you. None of your cars, none of your clothes, none of your jewelry, you know, none of your mixtapes. <laughs> but it's just going to be you. And, and man, when, when, when I think about it and when I thought about it, I said, man, that makes perfect sense. 
I can't take none of this junk with me. I can't get caught up in, in this macho machismo crap about being a man and a father and allow that to, to thwart my life. I refuse to do that. And so that's why a lot of times people look at me and they're like, man, you're kind of weird. Well, hey, if being true to yourself and, and establishing and holding firm to the, your foundation of having some peace and calmness in your life and not chaos and calamity, going back and forth with other grown folks is weird. I'll take it any day of the week as a, as opposed to what I see others going through. Life is just full of nothingness, chaos, calamity. They're always at somebody going back and forth. No, that's not what I want or I need in my life. Yeah, I am very standoffish. Yeah, I am that introvert. Yeah, I am uh, uncomfortational. I'll take it in, in, in comparison. I just will. And I'm happy with it. I can, I can live out the rest of my days and, and be as happy as a pig in slop. I would not care. <laughs> I just would. So that's my little uh, birthday rant, if, if I could say that. It is indeed a blessing to see 48. I, I, I may not have, like I said, all the money and wealth or whatever, whatever, what have you, but I am blessed. I am rich. I have five beautiful kids that, that, that just light up my life every, any and every time I see them. I just do. I have a, a beautiful wife. Sometimes we get into it. She gets on my nerves. I get on her nerves. Hey, that's life. That's, that's, that's life. But I'm rich. I think. Rich with love. I know that sounds cliche but I am. I'm rich with love in comparison to most. Because a lot of people I know that have all that wealth, you know, have that materialism, have this and that. They walk around with the chest out. And that goes for male and female. And when you look, take a closer look at their life, it's in complete and utter shambles. There's no happiness. It's all a facade. It's all they do. Walk around all day, all their life with that facade or, or it's a stereotype, a walking stereotype. A lot of people, they they just do. So in comparison to them, and I'm not being braggadocious. I'm not trying to downplay or degrade or belittle them, but I am truly blessed and I am rich beyond comparison. I just say. It. All right. So that's my birthday rant. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> All right. Let's go get it. Man, you know, I'm just trying to figure this out because it seems like it's the old, same old two-step. Here we go again. Looks like the Biden administration, like many other administrations before, will begin deporting some 14,000 plus Haitians that are camped out under a, a bridge at the U.S.-Mexico border. Now, they're under a bridge between... Uh, the, they're at the Del Rio border, which is in Texas, awaiting process processing. Now, starting uh, yesterday, the administration scheduled three flights with more possibly scheduled today. These are flights they're, they're going to put the uh, refugees or immigrants on. I don't know how they would term it. Refugees or immigrants or however they term it. They're going to put them on and fly them out or away from the United States. Where are they going? They're going back to Haiti. So you're sending them back. They left for a reason, but you're sending them back. Now, this is drawn criticism from human rights groups and some Democratic lawmakers, surprisingly. Ooh. And, and, and as well, it should. 
it, it, it just should. Now, the Assistant Secretary for Public Affairs for the Department of Homeland Security has said, and I quote, we have reiterated that our borders are not open and people shouldn't make this dangerous journey, end quote. <laughs> okay. U.S. is being accused of violating international law by expelling people without proper screening to see if those fleeing Haiti have a reasonable claim of fear as it relates to their returning to their homeland. Now, they're also saying that, uh, you, you know, Haiti has had earthquakes. They had one back in 2010. They had one this year. Then they had the assassination of the president. And and then they had the, the what, the tropical storm came through right after the earthquake. It caused catastrophic flooding. Um I gotta be honest with you. I uh, I I believe wholeheartedly, and it's not. It doesn't take a a, a, a genius to figure this out. Those people fleeing are, are are fleeing in fleeing in fear. They're fleeing in fear of of, and of course, you know, they're looking for a better way of life. But they, I mean, to think about it, your president, your sitting president, whether you liked them or not, was assassinated by a Colombian hit squad, mercenaries, military trained hit squad, came and took the president out. That's an instability in your country, I would think. And then, you you know, you had the earthquake. And after the earthquake came the uh, the tropical storm, a hurricane that started the flooding. Yeah, they're trying to get out. And that country, it, it's always had problems. Case in point, I can remember when, when, when I was uh, in the Navy in, in 1994. I, I will never forget it. July 4th, 1994, after we had finished training at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, which is, is where the U.S. at one point in time, they would send uh, their naval personnel and submarines down to uh, Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba for uh, shipboard firefighting training and the gas chamber training also, where they put you in a gas chamber, had your face mask on, you sat there for a few seconds, then they told you to take your gas mask off <laughs> take a gas mask off don't breathe <laughs> you, you, you know but hey and of course you did your shipboard firefighting when you went into these makeshift fires and you had to put them out in a certain amount of time it, it, we we had left there and we were we were all excited because we were saying yeah man we, we we finished the shipboard firefighting training and we were on our way or we were in nassau bahamas now, if you've never been to the Bahamas, just like, uh, of course, other islands, it was beautiful. I was thoroughly enjoying myself. A kid, what, I was about 19, I think, uh, 19 or 20. Oh, man, I, I enjoyed myself. I really did. But we got the call. Now, this was in July of 1994. We got the call. Hey, we, we, they called it Haitian Ops. And this was the time when the Haitians were coming across the Atlantic, coming from uh, uh, uh from from Haiti to Cuba and trying to hit that uh, bottom part of Florida to get to the United States. So we had to go and pick them up. Now, I remember we picking them up and, and, and we were they said, well, we're going to take them back to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Unbeknownst to them who thought they were on their way to the United States, Miami, when we we got to Cuba, we pulled in the port to let the stern gate down. And there was cheers or whatever, but they carted them off and put them in uh, makeshift camps, I guess you would call it, with 
fencing and barbed wire, you know, the whole gauntlet of, of security. Nonetheless, those people were upset. They were under the impression that they were going to America, they were going to Florida. Now, the sitting president at that time was, of course, President Bill Clinton. They, didn't, they, 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 just, they just wouldn't let them in the country for whatever reason. And they put them in this, this, this makeshift enclosure in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, and then sent them back to Haiti once again. Seems like that's what's happening now. Why? Why does the U.S. continuously say to those Haitian immigrants or refugees, no, you can't enter the United States or we'll take a select few? And it's very few. Why are you sending them back now like you did in 1994? Yeah, I, I was about 19 or 20. I remember it oh so well. Not vaguely. I remember it oh so well because that moment in time for me really shed light on how the world perceive certain people. And by certain people, I mean refugees or immigrants. How certain ones, if I can say, are considered a, a, a valuable asset or they're considered a drain on the economy. That's that, That's just what I observed at 19 or 20 years old. And it keeps coming back over and over again because now here we are in 2021 and we're going through the exact same thing as it relates to Haitians. When they tried to make their plight for the United States border, they are turned away and sent back to Haiti. A country that they're fleeing because, like I said, the president was assassinated. Yeah, the economy's not too good. They, they keep having these natural disasters. Every time they try to rebuild, here comes another one. And who knows what's going on in that country with that president being assassinated with those Colombian mercenaries just popping up, going into that guy, the, the, the palace and killing them. Yeah, that would say that would say a whole lot to me if I was Haitian and I was down there, I'd be trying to make my way up out of there because who knows what else is going on down there. If those Colombians were able just to come into that country and, and, and wreck shock like that. Who knows what's going on down there? Who's the, who knows what is going to go on there? So, yeah, they're fleeing. Why would they stay? Why would they? It's just amazing to me that the U.S. time and time again, as it relates to Haitians, says, no, thank you. We're sending you back. And you're sending these people back and you haven't even truthfully seen or screamed why they're running or why they're fleeing. Or do you know when you say, hey, I just don't care. We have enough on our hand. It's amazing. It's amazing to me. And, 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 and I'm not trying to stir up a little racial thing or class thing or whatever. You have room for Afghanistan refugees. You have room for Spanish refugees. And by Spanish, I mean those that because the Haitians aren't the first one that sat on that border. You know, the, 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 the Spanish refugees from Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico or whatever or what have you. And then you also have the Cubans. You don't have problems letting the Cubans in because the same thing happened in 1994. And I know full well, well, because like I said, I was a part of it. I was in the United States Navy. I remember oh so well, no problem with the Cubans coming, but the Haitians you sent back. And then in 1995, when I was over in the Adriatic Sea, Bosnia, you had no problem allowing those refugees to come into the United States or sit on 
European or U.S. military bases because you said they were refugees. They were in fear of their lives. Uh, Duh. Same thing is happening again. So what is it about Haiti? Truthfully, what is it about Haiti when they have a refugee crisis that the United States will not take them, will send them back without hesitation in the blink of an eye? Because, I mean, let's just be honest with each each other. I'm not spewing some political uh, theory or or mantra or, or stance. This is what I observed in my lifetime. Like I said, I was 19 or 20 years old when when I was knee deep in in Haitian ops. And I saw firsthand how they treated Haitians as opposed to other nationalities. I just did. So, no, you're not going to convince me and and say, give you a little political spew or or stance and say, oh, it's not that serious. Yeah, it is that serious because I saw it firsthand at the tender age of 19. I saw it. Participated in it. In fact, that was that was uh, that that really opened my eyes to how not just the U.S. but the international community dealt with certain refugee crisis. It's like they put a dollar value on it as opposed to a human value on it, because that's what's happening again. Um, I, I understand that the U.S. and the, they're saying that well, you know, we got we got Afghanistan, Afghan people coming. I understand you want to help the Spanish. I really do. And by Spanish, I I mean those from uh, South America that are fleeing the border also, because these people are coming across the uh, the Del Rio River that they're saying they're wading or walking in ankle deep water. Some people are bathing in the water. They're drinking the water. I mean, yeah, I, I, I have screamed and yelled about you know, we have a, a pandemic. How can you let people into the country? And and I'm saying it again without screening them or whatever or what have you. But this is happening way too often as it relates to Haitians. I, I mean, I just I just have to say that it is. It seems like whenever there's a problem with Haitians, the U.S. turns a blind eye or gives limited support. It's very limited. And then you don't hear anything about them for another five or six years or however many. And then there's some sort of crisis or, or natural disaster. Then then you hear about them. Um, man, I got to say. I'm just going to be honest with you. This that That's just dirty. It just is. It's dirty. It's dirty for to, to treat humans like this, to put value on their life, because that's what's happening. And like I said, in 94, for those of you that may be saying, well, he's probably, no, 1994, President Bill Clinton was in office. He was a Democrat. Now President Joe Biden's in office. And he's a Democrat. And he's turning a blind eye. For them to say, well, we've already reiterated that the U.S. border is not open. Uh, bull dookie. <laughs> bull dookie. Because I can remember when old President Biden came in. He opened that border back up. Now you're closing it. Too many people coming across. Yes, too many people coming across now. Or too many of the wrong people. Hey, I don't mix. I don't mix my words or bite my tongues. Uh, whatever I see is whatever I speak on. And, and that's what I see. Too many of the wrong people coming across the border. What's wrong? 
They don't have any assets. Yeah, you don't have any economical gain or political gain gain because the Haitian Haitians is the Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. So it's always taught it. It's always said. And it is. So what do you think? They're going to come and bleed the economy? Yeah. Sounds like a Republican move, but here we have two Democrats. That was their mindset. That was their mantra. They wouldn't let them in. Or they let very few in. Just did. So that that's that's where the U.S. is with Haiti right now. They're sending those people back. You're sending them back. You're sending them back to a country that is in just shambles. It is. It's just in shambles right now. Between those two natural disasters and that assassination of that president. And, and possible assassination of his wife. I haven't heard anything else about his wife. Uh, I, I really haven't. I, I hope she's all right. But to have or see this and then say, I don't know, why are they fleeing? They can't stay. We got to send them back. It, what's the difference between Haiti and Afghanistan? Because that was the same thing you were saying about the Afghan refugees. They've been persecuted. So are you saying that the Haitians are just fleeing because it's just a poor country and and they just want to get out? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But I think it's a little something more, a little something different. It has to be. And they're saying it's 14,000. I think it's more than that. Now, another thing they said, which I found kind of odd, but they were saying, you remember Haiti had an earthquake back in 2010. So what they're saying, some of the people that are quite possibly coming across that border sitting at at Del Rio, Del Rio, Texas, are from 2010, from those that fled Haiti then and found jobs in uh, other Central American, uh, uh, South American countries. So now they're coming up. They made they finally made their way to the United States some 11 years later. Took them 11 years to walk to the U.S.-Mexico border. Could be. Maybe they are. But those people are fleeing that country for a reason. They need help. They really do. If you think about it, for you to pick up all of your belongings or what little belongings you can carry in your hand and leave your homeland can't be an easy decision. I don't I don't think it'd be made overnight. I think there would have to be some some time, some years, some decades of what you're seeing and what you're enduring. And you finally say enough is enough. I need help. So you come to or try to or give it a great attempt to come to the United States. Supposed to be the melting pot. Supposed to be the land of freedom. Maybe it's the land of freedom and the great melting pot for a select few, it appears. Just does. I, hey, I, like, I'm not saying the U.S. should take on more than, than it could bear, no more than what it, it already has. But if you're going to put that mantra out there, are you going to instill those uh, values in people? Then you need to back it up all the time, not some of the time. Some of the time. Don't be select. Because the, the ones you've selected in opposition to the ones you, you haven't selected, it's kind of sketchy, <laughs> suspect even. Looks suspect, just does. So prayers for those people at that border and those people that are returning or being forced to go back to Haiti. Let's not say they're returning. They're being forced to go back to Haiti. They're putting them on planes 
flying them back to Port-au-Prince. And then there they said they're going to screen them or do whatever. Uh, Whoop-de-doo. Just shameful. It is. It's just shameful. It's like the U.S. and the rest of the world, uh, when when it comes to Haiti, let's just be honest, they just say screw them. They leave them out there, literally. Leave them out, hang them out to dry. They just do. So like I said, prayers for those people. They most definitely need it. Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. Like I always say, I won't bite, not physically anyway, verbally. We can sit down and have a nice conversation, whether yay or nay. I'm not offended. I won't get upset. At 48 years of age, I haven't gotten this far by getting upset about every and any and anything. Just have it. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. And as always, this is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. <laughs>